attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. org slash AOP and contribute to the analysis of practice survey today. Context and Clarity has been called a community-based pro-practice masterclass for architects. It's awfully high praise, but since we began this journey back in April of 2020, we've certainly grown into a community of small firm architects, all focused on what matters most to their success. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm that's dreaming of going out on your own, or you've owned your own firm for 26 years. There's something here for everyone. And that's where you come in. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Context and Clarity Podcast. Every week, we have a conversation with an expert or a thought leader on things that matter most to the success of architects just like you. Then we go backstage with someone from our community and we talk about what we learned, what our biggest takeaways were, and how we're going to apply what we heard to our own businesses. In this episode, we talked to Joanne Liu. She's a personal brand strategist the founder of the Women Architects Collective and the product marketing manager at Monograph. What I think will interest many architects is that Joanne worked herself up into what she called her dream job at Ginsler in New York. Then she decided to leave architecture. That last part may not add up for you until you understand that Joanne started to focus on the idea of building a personal brand that was authentic and true to herself and her passions. If you follow Joanne's story, and I'd encourage you to go over to her YouTube channel and watch the videos where she talks about her journey. But if you follow her story, you'll hear how building her personal brand worked out for her as an architect, and then eventually led her to the difficult decision to leave that dream job. For this episode, our backstage guests are Bakersfield, California architect Mandy Freeland and Farmington, Michigan-based architect Kenneth Crutcher. Mandy is the CEO and Principal Architect at Mandy Freeland Architect. She's also the Vice President 
of the Academy for Emerging Professionals for AIA California. Ken is the founder of Crutcher Studio and an adjunct professor at Lawrence Technical University. I'm curious to hear their takeaways, so let's go backstage and listen in as my co-host Catherine McPhail, Mandy, Ken, and I all talk about our conversation with Joanne Liu. This week is, is like some weeks we've had on Context and Clarity, not necessarily easy topics, not necessarily easy things to think about and talking about and talk about. I think it's, um, you know, talking about how do you define success? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Imposter syndrome. I think they're, they're kind of challenging. Um, and, and I, I'm grateful to people that reached out and said, Hey, you need to have Joanne on, on Context and Clarity live because, um, going to her YouTube channel and looking at her videos, watching her videos, um, getting her point of view, listening to the vulnerability that she brings to these conversations about, you know, one big takeaway, just advocating for yourself. I think, I think that's something that we really need and we really needed to talk about. So, uh, I, w- I was happy to have that conversation today. So Joanne also founded the Facebook group, um, uh, women architects collective and, um, with the same intention to help women advocate for themselves and to help them, um, with personal branding, but to help them just build self-confidence and, and just be able to stand up for themselves. Like she said in, in the talk this afternoon, maybe from being, from her own Asian culture or some, from some other cultures, you're taught to not, to not ask for things, to not, not in the work environment, to not, you know, you're handed work. You're not, you don't ask for it or ask for recognition or for promotions. But um, like she described a little bit earlier in the American culture, it's not like that. And um, we push that kind of hard. The ones that get recognized are usually the ones that are more outspoken. And for those who are just naturally quiet or, um, you know, not an extrovert, just introvert or, um, you know, it's, it's not a comfortable thing to do to, to stand up for yourself. Um, I have a question for anybody. What do you think um, Joanne's personal brand is? When I talk about branding and personal branding, I come at it from a different perspective than Joanne does because she started this exploration and, and this her her journey to to marketing and branding from the employee side, which is just not my experience, right? You don't want to have like a totally different online presence that doesn't match up with who you are in person. So if I ever meet someone in person, like at a conference or whatever, I, I want to make sure like what I'm saying online matches up with what, how I sound like in person. <laughs> and so it's, it's crafting that online presence, but at the same time, it's really just representing who you are in real life. And that's the same way that you would talk to your coworkers, your people. And I'm also like to, tell people when when I talk about personal branding is you can also be a personal brand at work it's not just it's not just on social media it's when you're in the office 
if you're trying to like get a promotion or you're trying to just like be known for something, you can build a personal brand at work in the office, in real life, like in person, <laughs> um, instead of just focusing on social media. There are some things I think that are universal in this. Sorry, I'm going to keep the branding hat on for a couple of minutes. But in this this branding world, it's if I go to Marty Newmeyer, that's a quote that is also attributed to Jeff Bezos, but I'm giving it to Marty because he's the godfather of modern branding in my estimation. Um, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And that, that can be applied to uh, to Starbucks. But it also applies to Joanne Liu, right? In 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 quote unquote personal brand. So so that's that's why I love that question so much. What I would say Joanne's personal brand is it's I don't know if I want to use the term self help, but it's it's almost that, right? She's guiding guiding specifically architects. And and she and I we didn't talk about this, but she and I have a lot in common, right? She she left the profession, I left the profession, you know, in in a sense. Um, she says in one of her videos, she realized she needed to step away from the profession so she could help architects more. And when she said that, I said, yes, that is exactly right. Because that's exactly, you know, where I am. That's my experience. It's my point of view. So I think, you know, she's a self-help personal brand. I wouldn't necessarily tag personal brand onto her, really. I think it's more... It's more helping people find themselves and advocate for themselves, and those people specifically are are architects. That's, I guess, that's how I would sum it up. I was thinking the same thing, same thing, and and she did talk about it a little bit, like who her target audience is, and it is it is a little bit of a switch, though, Jeff. I get it, like branding and coming from a communications and PR background a little bit that I have. Um, I I get how we, and. Catherine, I think you mentioned the same thing about separating business from personal brand. Um, what, especially solo or, you know, sole practitioner architects, how do we separate personal brand from business brand? Because we are so focused on the business brand that how do we, how do we then like say, oh, it's me as a, as a person and not the entity, not the business entity. Um, but she does come from an employee perspective in an individual perspective. And I have a lot of respect from where she comes from, um, working in the industry, working up the ladder in a firm. It's, um, you kind of, you kind of, um, become vanilla. You kind of become like everybody else. Um, you don't have an identity in there, or maybe you don't have the opportunity to, to focus on uh, professional development in, in a different realm than what you're tasked to do in the, in the firm as, as your job, but maybe you want to go into graphic design and want to go into marketing for the firm, or you want to do some, you know, you want to, you know, go into any of the other aspects of the firm or step outside and do community, you know, involved projects or become a citizen architect and like take a spot on the planning commission or something. But there's like, you, you are a person and I love that she's bringing this to, it's not just this generation, but she is of the younger generation. Um, and she speaks to the younger generation because we feel like we want an identity and we don't want to be just a cog in the machine that we want a purpose and that we want our purpose to be 
we want to be recognized for our individual talents or ambitions. And I love that she's helping kind of just wrap this up in, in a, in a name, personal branding, where you, you know, if it's, you love music, you love helping the community, just something that's your, that that's your personal brand. And that's what you bring to the company that you work for. But you can also take that throughout your career. Uh, So if you work for multiple companies, multiple firms, or switch and get out of architecture and go work for someone else, that's your, your brand is, is following you along that path too. And that you're developing it and growing it just kind of in the same effort that you do for a business. So is that personal brand, like a persona, you'd be like, hippie grandma, would that be a personal brand or would it be like social justice architect? Would that be a personal brand or like sports fanatic branding guy? Would that be a personal brand? I mean, yeah, that's your, so it's more like you have something to give or share or teach, or there's, there's just more to you than your job. So what else is there to you? who else are you helping? Like what, what else do you do? Like, I love this because you, it gives you uh, a reason or a purpose to explore everything else there is out there and, and to call it your own and to say, Hey, this is me. Like, you know, this is, this is me. This is, this is what I bring to the table and this is what I want you know, and in, in the work environment, this is, you know, say I have a passion for graphic design. This is what I bring to the table, firm owner. I want to do this in your firm and help the firm and be a part of the team instead of just relegated to drafting. I have a question. I mean, something you talked about, the, um, I guess the company brand, the firm brand, and the personal brand. What happens when those intersect? And do they overlap or do they conflict or contradict like you said mention you know you're, you're in the firm and it's, it's an architectural firm you're designing buildings but you have an interest in doing graphic design as your personal brand i mean i can see in some cases where there's an a, a, an overlap where it's a compliment but there could be an overlap where it could be a, a conflict yeah i i think that is first of all it's one of the things that fascinates me about Joanne's starting point and and point of view here. You're right. So I have a friend that has a very strong personal brand that's an employee of a firm. And there are some times where I I, uh, observe what they're doing in terms of their personal things and, you know, what's rolling out as their personal brand. And I actually think to myself – how does their firm deal with this? Because it's, I think that in my mind, if I'm one of the, and this is a larger firm, like, so Joanne, she wasn't always at a large firm, but she, she spent six years at Gensler. So she's obviously at a very large firm. Uh, My friend is at a large firm. And I'm thinking if I'm in the leadership of that large firm, I'm not sure I'm okay with what this person is, is, putting out there. Um, so that, that is in, you know, I, I don't have to deal with that. Right. That's, that's not my, it's not my purview. It's just my curiosity from outside looking in, but 
you know, when she was talking about, um, a, a lot of what she talks about is advocating for yourself and, and your place. And like you said, Mandy, what, so my version of that, you know, back when I was two years out of school and started looking for my next job because I felt like I was becoming pigeonholed, right? It's part of the career path, career journey, I think in this, probably not even just this profession. It's in a lot of, a lot of professions, but, um, but that idea of speaking up and and being known for your talents, make, making your talents known, um, that that's that's a big piece of of where Joanne's coming from in terms of of um, personal brand. And you know, Catherine, you asked about persona, and that's one of these places, right? So so on the on the company brand side. I study per, what what would be known as purpose driven brands a lot, right? And so, you know, if you take some of those, there's no way to extract the purpose from the organization. It just all collapses, right? It's, it's the DNA, it's the backbone, whatever cliche you want to use. And it, to so from that point of view, I look at a personal brand and go, okay, yeah, it's what it's what you're known as. But I'm not not completely comfortable with the idea of persona because to me that means sort of a a facade, and I think the personal brain has to to authentically be part of you. The question of uh, does it make sense for an employee to have a personal brand? That's how I started <laughs> with my own personal brand as an employee, and the reason I started building my personal brand was. Because at a much smaller firm, I was forgotten for a race, and I didn't want that to ever happen again. So I started building my personal brand. I started writing articles, sharing posts online, started a small blog on architecture, and just kind of trying different things to see what works. And while I was you know, at Gensler, I also did a lot of speaking engagements and interviews and stuff like that to build my personal brand and I would I mean just to be transparent and honest is that ever since I started building my personal brand I never had to ask for a raise again I never went to my boss and said hey I need a raise but every year I would just automatically get a raise and it was always like above 10-15% raise every year and that was all because I was putting myself out there so much and everyone knows me and it just they see the value that you bring uh, not just to the firm but to the whole industry because people outside of the firm also is listening to you following you and they start valuing your opinions per se and then you just you don't have to consistently trying to ask for a raise if you're an employee, at least in my case. And that was that was the whole reason. Lately I've been thinking about how do I make decisions and if it aligns with my mission, let's say, then I either take it or don't take it. And so is the mission kind of tied to your personal brand then? Is that different than your personal brand? You could argue everybody has a personal brand, but they may have not curated it. Right? Everybody is what they are. I think that's a really good way to put it. Because, you know, here there are people that push back against the idea of corporate brand, 
there are a lot of architects that push back against the idea of, of having a brand in architecture. And my point of view, and this is, again, this is somewhat academic, right? It's from studying and, you know, and being involved in branding. It's, you have a brand. Your company has a brand, whether you like it or not. Or if we go back to the quote, you know, your brand is what other people think about you or say about you when you're not in the room. People are talking about you. Your employees are talking about you, your your clients, your past clients, contractors, users, you know, anybody that, that encounters you and your work, et cetera, they're talking. So there's a brand out there. And I think on, on the personal brand side, it's the same, right? You have a personal brand. It, it, how did Joanne say it? She, she said that your personal brand is, is, um, I don't remember if she used the word intersection, but it's basically sort of matching up who you are and what you do with the perception, other people's perception of that. And I, I think that's, that's in the realm of, of what I'm saying as, as well Is I think back to, I was at a firm sort of low ish person on the totem pole, kind of feeling that same thing again, you know, the feel like I'm being uh, pigeonholed wondering, you know, what, where's this going? Right. Where, where is my time? Where's my work in this firm? Where's it headed? Is it where I want it to head, et cetera. And an opportunity came up. There's some reorganization going on and I threw my name in the hat for, for some work in a position as probably the youngest person in the, in the studio, in our, you know, in our, uh, in our office thinking there's no way in the world that they're going to let, there's no way in the way that no way in the world they're going to let me do this. A lot of people more qualified, but I was, I was one of the only that stepped up and, and made the most compelling argument and had become known as someone that was, was going to go out, right. And, and take risks, not, not in a, <laughs> not in a super risky way, but take the risk of, of raising my hand basically. And I was rewarded for that. Um, and I think that's, again, that's part of, of Joanne's story is, you know, being overlooked for a, for a, um, a raise, I think is what she said, right? If, if, if I'm going to be the person that's not going to take any initiative and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Joanne wasn't, I don't, I don't know anything about the context of that, but, but if I'm going to be the person that's not going to take initiative and it's not going to, um, uh, um, be outspoken or, or whatever the thing is, I'm going to be known as that and treated as that. Um, so I think part of it, you know, when she's talking about building this brand and, and standing up for your beliefs and who you are and what you want to accomplish and, and your definition of success and all of those things, I think that's why it's important to think about taking control of what your personal brand is, because again, you're, you've got one, you know, if, if you're an employee and you're listening to this, go ask one of your colleagues, what, what's, what are the, what's the first thing you think about when you hear my name? That's right. That's your brand. Love it, hate it, or otherwise that's your brand. Let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors. I'll bet you have ideas about how to improve the profession of architecture. NCARB wants to hear from you. 
Their ongoing analysis of practice study is your opportunity to shape the future of architecture. Share your experiences and your insights from working in architecture and tell NCARB what you wish they would do better. Your feedback is important because it will help guide changes to the national experience and examination programs for architects, and it will impact what being a licensed architect could look like. Whether you're an architect or you work with architects, NCARB wants to hear from you. Make sure that your voice is heard. Contribute to the analysis of practice study today. Sign up at ncarb.org AOP. And now, let's get back to the conversation. With your, per- with your personal brand or your persona and even the corporate brand, it seems like that, that some, some are just more complex than others. Oh, absolutely. I think that's true. And maybe that's part of the thing. It's just like people, right? Some people are a little more complex than other people. Yeah. So as a, you know, as an employee, your brand, maybe it is something, you know, it is something that's very simple or kept simple, you know, hard worker, you know, reliable on time, you know, those are simple things that become your brand. And, you know, but like you, you're saying, Jeff, you stepped up to do this position. So your brand just became a little more complex. And then, and then, and then for you, Mandy, you, you step out and you have your own firm. So now your, your personal brand and your corporate brand are a little more complex. True. So I want to talk about uh, businesses utilizing personal brands. And I want to, I want to take a step back and think about this in this perspective that um, there was a mindset and maybe probably currently a mindset in the business world where the business brand is the brand of all of the employees. Like all of the employees are that brand of the business. But switching it to, to recognizing personal brands is the business is the group of individuals. And it's not just the company leading the way, not the hierarchy, not the not that this is the only way that you guys behave in public. This is not the only things that come out of your mouth when you're talking to clients, but more respectful or recognizing that the people in the company are individuals and they all bring something valuable to the table and they're recognized for their individuality or their purpose or their mission or something. And that it's sort of their value is marketed in the company marketing strategies that, you know, Jeff brings, you know, experience in this just for example, project type or something. And Ken brings, you know, so and so many years of this, you know, this other project type that makes us as a whole, an expert, you know, practice. And we can, we can use that, use the personal brands to, to market the business in that way. But it's, it's, it's less of a, it's in my mind, it feels like like a different strategy for the business to utilize and to, and to just recognize and to help develop the uh, personal goals of the individuals of their company. Does that make sense? You're going to have a hard time keeping me off my soapbox tonight. But, <laughs> but so bo- both of those, both of those scenarios that you're describing are still really pervasive. You know, you've, you've 
and and they're sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. If I were to be, you know, if, if a firm approached me about working with them on their marketing, branding, business development, and they were in the the first example that you described where the brand of the organization is everything and you will conform to this brand, that's the first thing I'm going to try to break. If If I even work with them, I probably won't even work with them because unless they come and say, Hey, we, we realize, we recognize this as a, as a, uh, as a, uh, as a weak spot, right? We, we recognize this as a potential problem. Then, then we can talk about it because that mindset is incredibly limiting, right? Whether you're five people or 5,000 people, the ability to amplify the brand as a collective just becomes exponential. And, and I've worked with firms, I've, I've worked with some firms that, that it's just mind boggling the, I mean, absolutely legitimate. Um, I mean, sometimes we call them thought leaders and, and it's like, that doesn't even quite do it. Right. Some of the, you know, some of these folks are PhD, you know, know more about this, particular topic than anybody, literally than anybody else in the world, right? They discovered it, they wrote it, the whatever. The, when, when you have people, and this kind of goes back to your question earlier, Ken, but when you have people whose personal brand is personal and is independent in that they are an expert or experienced or whatever, right? Whatever the descriptors are, and it is aligned with the firm, then th that's, that is exponentially more beneficial to the firm than saying, oh, hey, we're firm ABC and we have 35 people. No, we're firm XYZ and we have an expert in this and the most experienced person in that and, you know, um, thought leaders in this and, and whatever. And so anybody that's out there listening to this, I, I encourage everybody to go with Mandy's second example, because your people are your power. In this time where it's incredibly hard to recruit and retain people, do you want to be the organization that tamps your people down and makes them conform to the corporate brand, to the organizational brand? Or do you want to be the organization that's known for celebrating their people and giving their people an appropriate amount of autonomy to build their brand and to be known as, you know, Joanne was talking about speaking and, and writing and all of these things. And that, you know, that was to her benefit because she never had to ask for a raise again. You know, this is, that's part of the story that she told. Um, in a day and age where the power is in the hand of the employee when it comes to recruiting and retention and, you know, pay and all those things, I would think that you would want to be known as the organization that celebrates your people and incorporates the personal brands of your people. Again, things have to be in alignment and, and all of that, but I would think you would want to be that organization. The encouragement in the terms that, that Joanne uses and the, and the um, approach that Joanne takes is when you think about your personal brand, and what you believe and what you want and how you define success and, you know, all of those things that, that she wraps into uh, this conversation about 
personal brand? If I feel proud of something that I'm doing, I would just, I would define that as successful. And if I can make someone help them be successful in whatever they think success is and just help them achieve something, that to me is also success. Now, to me, it's less about like getting promotions or getting awards. I think now it's really just about like giving back and helping other people in the community and just seeing them flourish. To me, is what success is now. I think in in the purest version of this conversation. And, and the purest version of what of what Joanne was talking about, we need to build that personal brand and understand that personal brand and then take the next step of saying, and she's done this with monograph. You know, this this is that's where she is now. But when we take that next step, does my personal brand align with this organization's brand and vice versa? And that that's you know, that's gold standard or or whatever it is, but if we're really going to do this in, in, in the ultimate version of it, that's what's got to happen. I like how you put that, Jeff. And it um, takes me back to a conversation that I had recently about architecture as a profession, as a career, um, that it's just not a job. Like we don't spend all that time in school and in internship and in testing just to have a job. Like it's a career and it gets developed and it grows. And when we develop and grow over time, and that's what we want from our profession. So that's, you know, as employers, we need to give that to our team members too. We need, it has to, we have to do that for them because this is a profession. And so just developing that respect for the profession, both as, you know, new graduates, um, candidates for licensure, newly licensed architects, you know, associates in the company to firm owner, like the whole, the whole progression of the career. Um, we have to go back to respecting the profession and, and helping grow everybody along the way. I was watching one of Joanne's videos. I think it was the one where she, where she talked about changing from architecture to tech. So she went from Gensler to, to monograph and she was talking about all, all the, all the stuff that was going through her mind. Right. I spent 15 years in school. You know, what are people going to think? You know, that I was watching that. It was just sending chills down my spine because I had exactly that same, that same wrestling match with my own brain back in, 2014, I suppose, when I went out on my own, it's like, you know, what, what are people going to think? And then, you know, she goes on to say, you are more than your job. And I'm like, yes, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, the, the, it's a, in many ways, it's a beautiful, beautiful profession, um, and, and a rewarding profession. But when we get ourselves wrapped up, you know, and let our identity, our personal brand, I guess, be wrapped up in our job or, or even just, I think holding on too tight to the profession, right. And not being open to, 
it, it always amazes me is probably the largest collection of creatives on the planet, right? In, in the profession that won't think, not can't think, but won't think creatively about their next career step for whatever the reasons I, you know, she, in that video, she described my reasons to a T. I was like, what? There's no way that she knows that, but she went through the exact same thing. Um, and so I, I just love that, you know, you're, you are not your job. I think that's, I need to write that, you know, tattoo that, <laughs> engrave that somewhere. Last thoughts maybe about, um, about what Joanne shared today on uh, Context and Clarity Live about personal brand. Maybe, maybe what's your, what's your biggest takeaway from the conversation? She did say something about, I just, it just clicked with, um, and I, and I've talked about, like, I talked about this a little earlier, just developing your personal brand. Um, I guess recognizing your strengths for what they are. And for her, it's very personal, um, very much a personal brand for her because she did recognize her her strengths and her strengths are being introverted, being softer, being soft-spoken, not asking for what she wants and having that, that, um, that just wall in front of her trying to adapt to a different culture and a different in, in the profession that she wanted to be in, you know, and she worked really hard to be in, but it was, she, instead of trying to be like everyone else, she embraced who she was and she saw all of her strengths for what they are and worked with that. And that takes, that takes a lot of like personal development, just introspective. Who am I? What do, what can I bring to the table? Um, I, I don't have to be like everybody else. Like I have different, you know, wants for, for my career or for my life. Um, and then working with that and just working, just working with that and, and growing that instead of, instead of trying to fit in, but creating your, creating and developing and strengthening the, the traits that you already have and growing from in that direction. I think that's, that's what I always get from what Joanne says is just embrace who you are and the gifts that you were given. Like you don't need to fit in. This episode of the Context and Clarity podcast is supported by NCARB. You have the power to influence the future of how architects are educated, trained, and licensed. Take the analysis of practice survey today. Well, what did you think? Did you hear something in there that you can use in your practice today? If you were so inspired by this conversation that you'd like to watch the entire Context and Clarity live episode, head on over to the Entree Architect YouTube channel. There's a playlist there that has all of the full Context and Clarity live episodes. And if you want more of the Context and Clarity podcast delivered to you every week, give us a thumbs up and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. If you like content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment, and it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you.
You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And one last thing before you go. If the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you, join me over on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics like this, and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. We'll be back here again next week. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context is. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> I did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.